Please note, this story contains discussions of murder and sexual violence. If you'd like to talk with someone, please call Rain's National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Again, that's 1-800-656-4673. It was around 10.30 p.m. on Friday, May 25, 1996, when 19-year-old Kristen Smart arrived at an off-campus fraternity house party. It was the Memorial Day weekend, and she was just about to wrap up her first year at Cal Poly Slow. With summer quickly approaching, she wore a gray cropped t-shirt, black shorts, and red sneakers. Kristen was tall, standing at 6'1", with dark eyes, long blonde hair, and a brilliant smile. Her mother, Denise, says Kristen entered university as an architecture major because she loved to draw, but she quickly switched to communications instead. Kristen dreamed of traveling the world as a reporter and had hopes of becoming the next Joan London, the ABC News journalist. Denise later commented on how hard it was for them, quote, to believe that she did not fulfill her dream. Because around 2.30 a.m. on Saturday, May 26, 1996, Kristen Smart vanished. She was last seen walking towards the Muir Hall dormitories with Paul Flores, Kristen's fellow first year and friend. After she was found lying down on a neighbor's lawn, Paul joined two others, Tim Davis and Cheryl Anderson, in helping walk Kristen back safely to her residence hall, which was close to Paul's. Accounts vary as to whether or not Kristen was drinking or exhibiting intoxicated behavior that night. Mustang News reports that some believe Kristen may have been slipped a date rape drug. Later, Tim and Cheryl eventually left to return to their own homes. Cheryl remembered how Paul had his arm around Kristen's waist, which he later said was because, quote, she was freezing. Paul Flores was the last person to see Kristen Smart alive. He reported that it was around 2.30 a.m. when he watched Kristen walk uphill towards her dorm. She was never seen again. Denise Smart says her daughter always let her know when she arrived home safely after a party. On Friday, Kristen left her mom a voicemail and what she told of good news and her intentions to call on Sunday. The Smart family always had these weekly calls, but Kristen's voicemail would be the last communication between her and her family. When she failed to call on Sunday and then on Monday, her mother did not think it was too unusual though, given that Monday was the Memorial Day holiday. It was Kristen's dorm neighbor who first raised the alarm, contacting the university police department. The neighbor then contacted the San Luis Obispo Police Department, as well as Kristen's family. The campus police eventually reported Kristen as a missing person on Tuesday, May 28th, a couple days after anyone last saw her. The San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office would eventually take over the investigation, which saw the university campus being combed by cadaver dogs and by officers on horses and in helicopters. They found that Kristen's dorm room remained untouched. None of her personal items were missing, and there was no evidence she ever made it back to her room that Saturday night after walking home with Paul Flores. He was considered a person of interest early on and later became the only known suspect in the case, but he has consistently denied any wrongdoing. Time passed on, seemingly without any resolution to Kristen's disappearance. In the early stages of the investigation, Stan, Kristen's father, made the 250 mile drive from their home in Stockton over 100 times whenever a new lead came in. Her family declared her legally dead in 2002, six years after she vanished, but continued their fight for justice. For instance, as a result of her parents' persistent lobbying, 
California passed the Kristen Smart Campus Safety Act into law in 1998, two years after her disappearance. The legislation requires public universities to have written agreements in place with local law enforcement in order to quote clarify operational responsibilities when investigating violent crimes involving students. All the while, even though it may have seemed like a cold case to the public, the sheriff's office continued to investigate. From 2011 to 2020 alone, the New York Times reports authorities executed nearly 20 search warrants, conducted 91 new interviews, submitted almost 40 items for DNA testing, and found 140 new pieces of evidence. Kristen's disappearance was also scrutinized in Your Own Backyard, a true crime podcast hosted by journalist Chris Lambert. According to Vanity Fair, a lead investigator in Kristen's case praised Lambert for renewing interest in her disappearance. Lambert also heard from and passed along sources to authorities, all of which, combined with the official investigation, helped solve the disappearance of Kristen Smart. Nearly 25 years to the day, Stockton's Kristen Smart left a college party as a freshman at Cal Poly, never to be seen again. News of two arrests. That was CBS Sacramento breaking the news to its viewers that on April 13th, 2021, 45-year-old Paul Flores and his 80-year-old father Ruben were both arrested. Paul for murder and Ruben for accessory to murder. They both pleaded not guilty. At the defense's request, citing the publicity around the case, the trial was moved to Monterey County before beginning in July 2022. Prosecutors believed Paul killed Kristen while trying to sexually assault her, and that his father Ruben helped to hide her remains under his house deck. Prosecutors also characterized Paul Flores as someone with a history of predatory behavior. In 1995, a year before Kristen disappeared. A female student called 911 after a drunken Paul climbed onto her balcony and refused to leave. And in the years since 1996, Paul Flores is believed to have drugged and raped two women after luring them to his home. Later, when authorities were conducting a search warrant at his home in 2020, they found date rape drugs, as well as homemade videos depicting him engaging in the sodomy and sexual assault of young women. According to the LA Times. The district attorneys also allege that Paul quote hunted Kristen for months. Witnesses said that he often appeared where she was, including at the grocery store and at her dorm. When Paul Flores was interviewed by campus police early on in the investigation, he had a black eye, which he said was the result of playing basketball. Though a friend noted the black eye had been present before the basketball game occurred, Paul later changed his story and said that he hit his face on his truck's steering wheel. Explaining that he hesitated to tell investigators this first because he thought it did not sound believable, the defense countered that the state lacked any forensic evidence connecting Paul Flores to any crime. To that end, Kristen's body has never been found or recovered, though many believe Paul and Ruben Flores moved her remains in 2020 after authorities made new inquiries about their property. Following the 12-week trial, the verdict for both men arrived on October 18, 2022. Ruben Flores was acquitted of the charges against him, but Paul Flores was found guilty of murdering Kristen Smart. Just last week, on March 10th, Paul Flores was given the maximum sentence of 25 years to life in prison. Superior Court Judge Jennifer O'Keefe called him quote, "a cancer to society," and remarked that for over 25 years he was able to live free in the community while Kristen's family lived a nightmare. 
Here's her father, Stan, speaking with ABC10 outside the courtroom. We're not happy because we don't have our daughter. We don't know where her remains are. And so, uh, as the judge pointed out, you know, it's a sentence, but it doesn't bring back your loved one. Her brother, Matthew, also commented that there was no joy from the sentencing, but that the family always knew Paul Flores was responsible for Kristen's death. This May, it will be 27 years since Kristen Smart vanished after a house party. She should have been able to have fun and to celebrate the long weekend. She should have been able to make it home. She should have had the chance to pursue her dreams of seeing the world. That was all taken from her. She would have celebrated her 46th birthday in February. But instead, she will forever be 19. But Kristen's family takes comfort in knowing that she will not be forgotten. That she, quote, has been held in the hearts of so many. She is remembered not just for the story of her death, but for the way she lived her 19 years, with her love for her family and friends, her passion for adventure, her excitement for the future, and her deep reverence for the ocean, which her mother says was one of her favorite parts about living in the Central Coast. Her words expressing this admiration have now become a permanent fixture of Dinosaur Caves Park in Pismo Beach. It's fitting that part of her will forever remain by the oceans she adored so much. Her poem, inscribed on one of two memorial benches, reads as follows. I face into the wind. It purrs and whistles its secrets into my ear. Under the sun, floating upon the salty waters, I cringe with excitement to be in such a heavenly place. Thank you for listening. This story features audio from ABC10 and CBS 13. Our music today is Ether Ridge and Big Feeling Man, both by Blue Dot Sessions. With KCSB News, I'm Joyce Chi.